Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Pull Apart. I'm James Prophet, and I'm here with... Bill McFarland. All right. And this is episode two of Bastards of the Universe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to throw that in with like a merman. Last time we just talked about the pilot, right? We didn't get far into like season one at all. I think we had grandiose hopes of talking about each episode because I had notes up until like episode three. Uh, but now that's all old and dead news because the new season started. So we yeah. can still rewatch or something if we want to and use those notes. But right. Um, we're here today to talk about the first three episodes of the second batch, episodes six, seven, and eight of He-Man Revelations or Masters of the Universe Revelations. Um, so since we're kind of skipping over episodes two through five, uh, Bill, do you want to give the summary of what happens there? And let's kind of talk about how we felt about it, maybe. Like the first three episodes of this new season? Is this kind of as a new season or is this like continuation of a season? It's a continuation. But I mean okay. like instead of doing the new ones, like let's finish like two through five just as a quick conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. Oh yeah, it was man, I loved it. I mean I, I, think, I, I think I rambled on about like people getting all shitty about this and how it ruined their childhood. Like come on, give me a break. So uh, so I think I, yeah, I, I'm looking at my notes here and definitely getting into like my whole old man rant about like the magic of childhood with toys versus like technology and the whole like Henry Rollins Triclops cult and everything. And then getting into that other part. Yeah, I had my like uh, borderline Gen X rant about like younger generation versus older generation characters. Like, Teal is this navel-gazing and feeling bad for herself while the older characters are like, yeah, things suck, but we're still going to get shit done. Like, Man-at-Arms is upset, but he's still going to the fountain every day to feed Orko. Like, he's got people to take care of instead of just running away from problems. But, I don't know, freaking, was it Subturnia? Like, yeah. that whole thing with Scareglow and, uh, oh, man, freaking cool. That was awesome. That was one of the best visuals of any cartoon I think I've ever seen was the Scareglow and Orko scene. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. Orko's backstory, like, definitely makes him into a sympathetic character was super cool. Mm -hmm. uh, how things... I'm trying to remember. What, what's their version of that? Is it Paternia? I think it's... Yeah, I think it's Paternia. Paternia, Paternia. yeah. I mean, that was awesome how they worked in, like, the really obscure like tail end of He-Man toys with like the dinosaurs that was yeah. freaking cool and so like yeah in the original like 1985 He-Man there were occasionally there'd be a reference to like this former He-Man right well yeah. he's there in like this Eternia Heaven place yeah. and they have other He-Man for Adam and it, I thought that was so cool They're yeah I now. thought I thought that was a super cool, like, nod to an Eternian version of Valhalla. That's what it seemed like to me. Like, the best warriors go here. I mean, it's straight up that. And that was freaking cool. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. man, I freaking Skella God at the end, like bad guys freaking winning. Was yeah. All I ever needed. Like so <laughs> freaking cool. Like w- when you think. I, I don't know. It's that phrase, you know, like subverting expectations, I feel like has a, a negative connotation after uh, Last Jedi, where they're like, no, we're not going to do anything you Star Wars people wanted to do. Right. Um, yeah. Man, that was super cool because you think, like, oh man, here he goes. He Man's going to bust out again. It's going to be awesome. Nope. Skeletor just stabs him through the gut with his spear. And at that point, you just think he's dead. Like, right. I mean, Can it I... makes sense that he wasn't. Yeah. And the line they gave for that is, like, so they go to, they find, like, Skeletor's back is what happens. He wasn't really dead. He was, like, living on through evil land, almost like a horcrux, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, they, that leaves Tila and, um, what's her name? Andra. Andra, yeah. Yeah. And so they go to Eternian Heaven. They get He-Man. He agrees to come back, or Prince Adam they get. He agrees to come back, but the kind of caveat is, once you leave heaven, you're not allowed back in, right? Yeah. So, he leaves to fight Skeletor, and he and Tila have this big heart-to-heart. He's like, I'd come back for you. You know, I'll fight for you. And then they get back to Earth, and within like a minute of them being back, Skeletor kills him again. So freaking good. I kind of forgotten about that. Like, if you leave, you can't come back. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's so freaking good because it just makes it completely worthless up until that point, right? That he had made that sacrifice because he didn't even make it, you know, five minutes back into it. It was all for nothing, and now he's taken into heaven. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now he's double dead. Skeletor like gets the sword of power. Uh, yeah, becomes like this god essentially, and that's how it ends. Yeah, this is like the Empire Strikes Back of He Man. Like, good guys get their asses kicked six ways from Sundays, bad guys <sighs> are ruling, and Skeletor is laughing, and we fade to black. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Hell yeah, and that's absolutely not at all what I was expecting in the least. Like, that was so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. And, and I will reference it, especially in um, this season, the second half of the season here. So what what is this season episode? What's the first one? Ep- well, part two, episode one, Cleaved and Twain. Uh, yeah. I just the sheer joy that like kid version Bill was just losing his mind somewhere wherever he exists in time and space, knowing that Skeletor got a hold of the sword and now he's this giant glowing monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, so freaking good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like finally, finally he wins and it's. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Cause like the thing is, and I, and I went into this a lot, like, you know, the good guys, are never as cool as the bad guys in terms of aesthetics. They really aren't. And I would say across the board, like you take any property, any geekdom, whatever, 
if I thought about it hard enough, maybe I could come up with some good guys that visually look as cool as the good, whatever, the bad guys. But man, to see the bad guys finally winning. Yeah. It's, it's so freaking cool, man. Because it's like, how many of us played that out? Like, oh, this time He-Man gets his ass kicked. Like, right. I, don't, I just wonder, like, how many other, I'm sure there are a lot of them. Like, I don't know how you were, because I remember, like, w- what your stance was on, like, good guys, bad guys, and all that when you played. But, like, I imagine a fair number of people only had a He-Man action figure so they could have someone uh, for Skeletor to beat up. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the guys looked super cool. he was like, a big, muscly guy, but, I mean, like... Skeletor was a skeleton. Right. He was a big muscly guy, but blue with a big glow skeleton face. Like <laughs> yeah. because you know they were recycling those bodies. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was fine too. Like talking in the pilot, you said like at the point where like He-Man goes down and Skeletor burns the Moss Man alive. And they're all just kind of helpless. You get like bad guys ruling, good guys, a bunch of punk ass bitches. Yeah, yeah. And and they are again in this part two, episode one, like, and it's so freaking cool. Like, just so. Yeah. So, I I mean, let's get into it. So, what do you think of uh, season? What was it? Shit. What is it? Season two. Part, part two. two. So, oh, sorry. Part two, episode one, Cleaved in Twain. What, what was your? Okay. I mean, we can go so, beat by beat if you want, or however you okay. want. Like the lines. Okay. I mean, I, I was jotting down lines and everything, but. Uh, All right. Dang. Captain the yeah. So I'll say right off the bat what happens. Um, and we might have different opinions because I loved how it wound up. Okay. And I enjoyed yeah. the whole. And I watched it back a second time, and I still enjoyed the whole thing. It's great. Yeah, yeah. But, like, they kind of, in the first five minutes, you find out Adam didn't really die from getting stabbed. And you find out that, like, Tila isn't, like, locked up. Essentially, they're just, like, back in the castle. They're about to do stuff. So it's sort of, like, later that same day, right? Yeah. And I I was like, no, I wanted... Adam to be dead. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Like, yeah, I wanted the passage of time, I guess. Which, again, like I want that. I was bummed that He Man didn't die. I, I'm the opposite of like the online fan reaction. Like you can't kill He Man. I was like, yeah, kill He Man. Let's do a new. Oh, man, it's totally. It was so good though, because like jumping in and and out, whatever. But like I, because I'm only three episodes into it, so you know I. And I'll catch you if I feel like you're going to get me anything. But, like, I will be disappointed if they don't show frickin' Berserker He-Man again. Like, uh-huh. I'm with you. It would have been cool if, like, Adam was this, like, dead little weenie on Skull's floor. But the frickin' insane okay. He-Man that yeah. just went frickin' berserk was totally worth it. Like, that was finally, like, a cool good guy like i mean there's other ones like, whatever but yeah. you like when he grabbed the axe and just sliced through that horde of zombie people mm-hmm. that was freaking great so i hope there was more of that i do too <laughs> yeah 
So the uh, kickoff of that was that like Skeletor has the sword, and Adam, Prince Adam, is alive. Like he, they escape essentially, like uh, ha- maybe halfway through the first episode. And Adam and Skeletor have a confrontation. Adam tells Skeletor, "Every time I had the sword, I always wondered, did I really need it to call down the power? Because it's revealed earlier, like he was the chosen one." Blah blah blah. So he calls down the power without the sword. And what you find out is the sword is like a conduit to control the power, essentially. Yeah. So when he calls it down without it, He-Man becomes this hulking beast with like no. It's sort of like his id, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, there is no like, you know, quippy one liners. There aren't even words that he can speak. And there is no hesitation. It's just like seek and destroy. He's on the side of good, but it's sort of like if I. (laughs) But even then barely, because like when they zapped off into the Mystic Mountains, he like rips that manticore thing into pieces and like is ready to do that to them as well. Before Mm -hmm. Tila's like, um, no, wait, maybe I'm getting into episode two when they're like one, two and three together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, oh, you know, your dad, and that's when, like, Berserk He-Man's like, fucking King Randor, and he, like, runs off to rip him to pieces, like. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dad. (laughs) That was so good. Oh, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but a father's love can even tame the most savage a beast. Yeah. Yeah. But another cool thing about that He-Man, like, Berserker He-Man, the animation is so different. Like it exists at a different speed and it's oh, yeah. really violent. So in a good, like in a good way, it's very jarring to the viewer. Like as a viewer, I was automatic, like I was really engaged. And then that happened and it took like, I was engaged, but that really woke me up. Like it woke up on my senses. Like, holy crap. Yeah. I, I wrote a note that the editing and cuts were awesome. Yeah. Like, and it was just like, and, and the one that got me thinking that way was, you know, there was some sort of like exchange of blows and all that. And, uh, like it cut to like him zipping across the street and then it cut to like the steps that they were running down and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was super cool. All right, have you, this is the only thing I could compare it to, and it's totally different because it's, like, more action-packed, more violent. Yeah. But have you ever seen the movie Mulholland Drive? You know what? I haven't. Uh, and I know you being a huge David Lynch fan, like, uh, he did that one, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'll say my yeah, sister's yeah. A fan. I, I'm an appreciator through her. Yeah, but, yeah. And um, it was funny because, like, um, I follow this thing like for the love of old houses on Facebook and there was a house for sale on Mulholland drive. And I meant to tag you in it, but I just completely forgot. I'm like, here's James's chance to like, I don't know, (laughs) get there. Yeah. You know, because it's totally within anybody's price range. Nice. Yeah. Well, there's this scene in that movie where like the movie goes on for like an hour and a half hour, 45 minutes. Right. And it's just this story, and it's, like, interesting. There are these weird things going on. But then the two lead characters go to, like, an opera, and somebody's singing a foreign-language version of Crying Over You by Roy Orbison. And, like, oh, everything's 
red. <laughs> and then, like, it's just they're the only two in the audience, and like they're holding each other, they're crying, and then it fades to black. And then the next scene is one of those characters wakes up in this apartment that is not at all like the setting we've seen. And they have a look on their face that is not at all like this character we've been watching for the last hour and 45 minutes. And it's all just like very, again, like, you know, like, okay, this is the same actors that are everything, but it's all very like uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. It's a total tonally, tonally different movie. And that's what I felt like when He-Man became Berserker He-Man. It was all of a sudden not like, okay, good guys are going to save the day because they're good. It was like, oh, bad guys are going to lose. But there's this really dark fucking thing going on with the good guys. Right well, the freaking, I mean, well, in the, in the shift, like the tone of it. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I mean, if we can backtrack a little bit and we'll we'll have this appreciation for it. Uh, the freaking evil Lynn bat costume is freaking great like it's just awesome like a great comparison to the sorceress of like you know the beautiful eagle and like the edgy looking bat costume is super killer i love that thing so skeletor is the new um he-man type figure except evil he makes evil in the sorceress of castle gray skull which she understands to mean she can never leave the castle, but she has unlimited power. Yeah, and he, like, so, opens that portal for her to see the universe. Um, yeah. Which eventually, like, backfires on him because it just turns her totally evil when she sees that it's nothing but chaos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and that, I mean, that's in episode three. But, um, I think so. Is that where yeah. she has an exchange with Tila, where she's kind of explaining it all? Uh... I can't, I don't remember that part so much, but that's like, I just love the part where Skeletor made some Skeletor-ish quip about like the, the universe needs, reality makes, needs a makeover or something like that. Cause he's like, well, look at it. It doesn't even look that good or whatever. I yeah. don't know. This is so good. Uh, but the fricking Skelehorde zombie people. Oh, yeah. Poison gas. Holy... <laughs> Shit. That is my notes. Like, with stars, <laughs> 10-year-old me, rejoice. <laughs> I'm reading my notes exactly. Arrow, fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so yeah. freaking cool because, again, something that you have never have seen at all in any of the He-Man style things whatsoever that like and and i'm watching the scene again like it just happened about five minutes ago where like you know they show like a cut of like families and stuff and you're like dang he gassed everybody and they just don't turn but they like kind of turn inside out bubble twist turn and it's so freaking cool like the motif I wrote this down that I thought was neat when they showed the sorceress in the opening scene when she was going down into like down that elevator down into the mystic pool and everything. I thought it was cool how they had the design of the goat skull from the Havoc staff. 
oh, thrown gosh. in and with the bird and all that. So I'm like, that's super cool. Yeah, what and a good now, like, yeah, in his little crazy minion inside out Eternians have the same faces and freaking Fisto and uh, I forget. Uh, Clamp Champ. So yeah. freaking cool. And they and they're and they're good characters for them to like kill off and make you care, but they're still kind of yeah. disposable. Yes, yeah. yes, perfectly said. And like that's kind of a good representation too. You know, like they're the two guys known for their strength. You know, they're huge, muscly guys. They're <clears throat> heroes for their brute force of handling things. Yeah, and so it's like, oh, they're you know, all that can't save them in the end. Yeah, and, and then it, and then they're all like, "Oh, well, now they're now they're in uh, Paternia, and they're they're in heaven." And Skeletor comes busting and holding his souls. He's like, "Nope, I'm going to damn them right now. Their deaths meant nothing." And he just squeezes out the little flames. Yes, and oh, so good. It's just like a continual like bad guys kicking everybody in the teeth uh, <laughs> while they're going. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the and the one line of like uh, when he calls says something about like Adam like barely a man kind of like a play yeah. off the He-Man thing, and then when they're both laughing, and Skeletor chimes and he's like, "What are we laughing at?" <laughs> like, yeah. Right before he turns. Oh, yeah, funny. and that's how episode six ends is with Adam turning into this like berserker gigantic style He-Man yeah. wearing only the loin Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, Reason and Blood, Part 2, Episode 2. That just started up for me over here. So, Dude, we are Cringer's, like... Cringer's cool in this. Like, he's fine. I, I definitely like the fact that he's, uh, like, actually doing something. When he jumped at Evil Lynn in Skull, and then when he jumped at, uh, I think it was Fisto or something. No, it was Clamp Champ after he had turned, because he, like, clamps on him and throws him into a, a pole. Like, that's cool, like... It doesn't have to be Battle Cat all the time to do something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. Like, he, like, found his courage in his old age, you know? Yeah. Everything went to crap when... He was living with Man in Arms, right? Wasn't he there, too? No, I think he was still... No, he was, like, hanging out at Grayskull and all that, because... When... I'm trying to remember, because I remember, like, when Tila showed up and was talking to the Sorceress... And she's all like, magic is dumb, and I'm not going to do any of this stuff. Cringer was, like, talking to her about, like, do you remember who named me or whatever? And he did that whole speech, and he was talking to her and, like, encouraged her to go on the quest. So he was still, he was, like, hanging out in the palace and all that when when that stuff was going down. Okay, okay. Yeah. Very cool, cool. So, yeah, we're, are you at the part where Skeletor just blasts Berserker He-Man, like, <laughs> a mile away? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and now he's reanimating the corpses. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where you're at? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, that's exactly well, where I'm at. that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these figures are so freaking cool. Like, please, please, Mattel, or whoever still has the license on this, please make action figures of the Skeleton Zombies. They don't yeah. even have to be good figures. Just give me a mid-range figure and make it like 30 bucks and give me like five of them. That's all I want. 
And that would be uh, freaking great. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> so who would you want if you had five figures here? Like definitely. Oh no, I just want like five generic like because like in action figure sets they'll do like an army buildings set like yeah. so like for example Star Wars like when uh, Attack of the Clones came out for like I don't know fifteen bucks you could get a pack of like four battle droids that all looked slightly different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that way you could buy enough of those and you could potentially build your oh, nice. army. I got gotcha. so okay. yeah so yeah just give me a five pack of like the skeleton skeletor zombies, uh, so you can build up a horde that way. I mean they're so cool. Come on, man. Yeah. So uh, right now we're on a part where uh, Berserker He-Man and Skeletor are having a fight. I did. I think I just noticed like one of the reasons why this Berserker He-Man is so jarring. This is all about the animating. So huge. Yeah. Number one. Berserker He-Man is constantly running really fast at your point of view. <clears throat> so, yeah. Like that. And number two, I think they're animating him with only half or maybe two thirds of the um, animation jumps and normal animation, right? Yeah. Well, so, and they'll do the close-ups of him yelling They because they just did it on mine. They'll do yeah, a close-up I, of him like screaming with like the lines coming through. And like yeah. the part where he's... Uh, that part where he was fighting the rock creature that Skella God pulled up. And just without even thinking about it, he just like jumps up and like pulls the top half of that dude's head off. So <laughs> yeah. freaking cool. <clears throat> All right, yeah, yeah and I thought it was cool because when I was watching this, and I think it was the scene when Skeletor was blasting him with the flamethrower. And I think they call into it like, later on in this episode or definitely in the third episode. And it's just like, wait a minute. So in theory, He-Man had all of the same power because it's the same sword, right? So I think it's like, why in the heck didn't He-Man do half this crap? Like he was right. just punching people and hitting them with the flat side of the sword where Skelegod's like opening up portals and blasting out these laser bolts and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and at the time I was watching, it's like, all right, well, maybe this is like the whole idea of like restraint of you know good versus evil and everything. But you know, they they def they say that then flat out later on. I mean, yeah, but it is weird. Like they never even lock up Skeletor. You know, it's like okay, he's defeated. We'll play again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like it's, and I think I can't remember who did a gag on it. <clears throat> It might have been like Robot Chicken. Uh, I think they're still on. You know that show, the, the stop motion. It's on Adult Swim Cartoon Network. The stuff they do is so good. Yeah, so good. And I think they did a gag on mm. what if. Oh shit! I got an alarm going off on my phone. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but they did a gag on what if the Ninja Turtles used their weapons how they were supposed to be used. <laughs> and it just showed them stabbing everybody and then it was over like they didn't there were no more bad guys because they had killed them with their katanas and size and like beat them to death with their bow staff so yeah it's i mean everyone's got swords but they're not stabbing anybody well and they even used they even said that in the first episode ever when uh he-man stabs skeletor and he's like you finally used that sword for what it was meant for right 
Yeah, I remember that line now because then you think, oh, he finally stabbed him. He's like, no, it's actually the key to to it all. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, man, that, uh, this series is so good. I loved that part so much. So, hey, since you and I are on the same uh, time stamp approximately on the show. Yeah. So in that scene when Evil Lynn's talking to all the henchmen and is saying, like, we're not going to tolerate excuses anymore. I mean, they've got the the classics in there, but then they had like that weird looking devil dude, and yeah, that short little dwarf, purple guy. Are they from any? Th- I mean, were they like old He Man characters that I just don't remember? Or so uh, I was like, because they make a joke about them when they first show up. It's like just the two of them, and Evelyn finds them, and I think it's like Goat Man is one of them, and I forget oh, the name gosh. of the other. one. And Evelyn okay. goes like, God, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. Aren't oh, we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was wondering, I wanted to look that up and I forgot to. Um, so let's do it right now. Let's one, of my, those... one of my notes in that was, uh, where's Merman? That's what <laughs> I want to know. Where's Merman in all this? I guess he, is he though at the sea from when they knocked him off the boat? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, he's running his own kingdom, and I and and just as a side note, as much as I'm mad that they did not keep the awesome gurgle voice of Merman, I do definitely like the fact that they put him like in a higher position to where he's like evenly matched with Skeletor, because in that line in the first season when he's like, "Evil Lynn, it could have been you and me." Once he was gone, what happened? You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there really was a goat man. There was really a goat man? There really was a goat man. <laughs> Gosh. What does that Joker look like? He, I'm trying I'm, to look. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture. Yeah, send me a picture here. It, based on the looks of it, it wasn't from the original line. So it was either some. Okay re-release thing or maybe from one of the newer cartoons and i just can't remember him or maybe it was a character they had when uh he-man went into space yeah okay it sent um yeah this may have been whoa yeah that's i mean that's definitely a newer figure yeah but what's his deal though like is that his face or is that armor because the rest of his body is caucasian Right. <laughs> but it looks like he's got a big old red goat face. Trivia. Goatman is not confirmed to have ever appeared in any of the animated series by Filmation or Mattel. However, his character was introduced as part of a toy line. His only official appearance solely remains in the pages of the Golden Book series episode titled Secret of the Dragon's Egg. Oh, okay. All right. So there is some forgiveness there because I was going to say like, Man, so you, I was going to start ripping into that because it's like, wait a minute, you get to design a new He Man figure that's not in any of the shows and you settle on freaking Goat Man? What the hell? Like, right. so this guy was, this guy showed up in a book and that was it. Yes. Okay, cool. So Good they guy. put him in this series to get the like deep end He Man nerds, like, who still won't be happy because they probably have that golden book. And they're like, in the golden book, his horns were a bronze color. 
They animated him with a silver color. This show is trash. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my childhood. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then the beard around their neck just thickens even a little bit more. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so what's the deal with the giant uh, octopus down in the dungeon that apparently will never die? I thought that was weird. I, I loved it. I thought it was super cool that he had to like play dodgeball with this thing for like hours while I was trying to slap at him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um quite an interesting development. I don't recall. So that might be like a fan thing because I <laughs> that was not a normal thing on E-Man. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I thought about? I don't know how easy this will be for me to look this up while we're talking and uh, not hang up on you. I wonder if that was a decal in the gray skull uh, playset. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if that was like mm-hmm. some little detail they drew in there. Yeah. So they're like, well, crap, we're going to do the gray skull. I'm looking it up now here. We'll see what we've got. Dude, you might be right. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, the part where Cringer is drinking from the water and it starts turning red. So freaking cool. And that manticore has got to be from something. I mean, wasn't, I mean, I'm sure that was uh, something from the old, I mean, everything feels like it's a callback or some sort of connection to it. Right. Yeah. And they really did like a great job of, um, I mean, it's a lot like the Mandalorian, you know, like they're staying in the universe. They're referencing the things that have been made before. Well, and, and what I like about it, and I'm sure someone would disagree with me, whatever, but. I feel like they're doing it in a way that's not super annoying to where it's like, look, everybody, look, look, look at this fan service that we're throwing in. Everybody, look, it's Goatman from Golden Book 1986. Like, I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, because some of that can be really cool. Some of that can be really heavy handed, though. All right. So I, I looked it up here. The the gray skull. Dungeon sticker thing does have a tentacle coming up out of the grate, but it also has like a hundred other arms sticking up out of it. So this is kind of like they shoved every creature imaginable in this dungeon and there's all room enough for them to stick up at least one arm (laughs) up through up through there. So, yeah. Dude, good call on the uh, Dungeon of Castle Grayskull playset, man. Well done. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe that was uh, maybe that was what they were doing there. That had to be it. Uh, yeah, like when you put like let's have an octopus down there, you know. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's probably some sort of like backstory too. I mean, because all those comics and all those golden books. I mean, if they're scraping Goatman out of whatever they got them from the golden book, whatever backstory that was, you know, they're going to be digging in other sources there because there is so much to the He-Man lore, like the whole, you know, what was it late nineties, early two thousands He-Man? Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that had a ton of history to it because like, you know, in one of the documentaries on it on Netflix, they were saying how the original series, they didn't really do it. They were just kind of making this stuff up as they went to sell toys 
Yeah. So then when they did that middle series, I guess you could call it, uh, they were able to do more of the lore of what was going on and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. <clears throat> Have you ever watched that thing? You know, it's funny because years ago, uh, Andrea got me the full series on DVD. Okay. And I started watching it. And I'm like, I'm going to watch this all the way through because I haven't watched it all. And I got like three discs into it and then something happened and I stopped. Okay. And then years later, I'm like, I really want to watch this and watch it all the way through. But I don't remember what happened. And I got the same amount of distance and something happened. And I was like, well, I never finished it. So <laughs> someday, maybe. <clears throat> it, uh... Gosh. So, yeah, the one from like the 2000s, right? I have a coworker that um, I got to be buddies with, and she, the He Man's like her biggest dork thing, right? So, she's just a massive He Man fan. So, she had all these. And when I said, so like, yeah, you know, my wife and I both liked He Man growing up, she's like, do you want to borrow the new ones? Did you watch it? Like, I did not. I'd love to <laughs> see yeah. this. So, we watched it, and, um, it doesn't conclude, you know, like there is no finale. It kind of sets up a third season that never happened. Yeah, because they um, ran into a bunch of weird legal trouble. Because all that stuff was like real big and heavy, and like the action figures were everywhere, which was cool. Mm-hmm, and yeah. then, I mean, I don't know the details of it, but it was just, and then it just ended. But they went as far as getting into like the Snake Men, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's cool. kind of how it is. They, they got into the Snake Men. Um, I thought they kind of lost their mojo by the time they got to the Snake Men. Like, yeah. I kind of thought they were going through the paces a little bit. Um, but maybe that was just me. I did kind of think, like, okay, this might have to do with something. This might have something to do with them being canceled. Like, it's not as dynamic, and they maybe they were losing the audience. Yeah. But that first season was the bomb. And it was definitely cool seeing the Snake Men. <laughs> yeah, because those figures were great. Yeah, oh my gosh. Dude, what was the name of the uh, Cobra guy that, like, had a fake King human... Hiss. King Hiss. Yeah, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was King Hiss, wasn't it? Yeah, his figure was freaking cool. Like, just gosh, yeah. a snake body with snake arms. So great. So the, a, I'm watching the part now where Berserker He-Man shows up right before his dad hugs him. And just, it's just freaking cool to see him, like, size comparison between... The other like soldiers, when he's just tossing them around and just hmm. shattering all of their skulls, like yeah, it just makes them even cooler. Yeah, the King's Guards, the Men at Arms, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just kicking everybody's butt. I I did kind of laugh a little bit that when, well, I guess I don't know. I guess it would make sense in reverse, but uh, anyways, I did kind of laugh a little bit when he transformed back to Prince Adam. He had all of his clothes back on. Like, everything right. is everything's there. He's got his purple shirt back on. Like, you know, the universe of Eternia, like, brought back his purple leotards. Like, they were all, everything was back. It was good. Kind of very Bruce Banner-ish, I would say, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is good, you know. We don't need the uh, NC-17 version of He-Man. Just Well, crap, yet. just yet. Yeah, freaking... Episode three, Gutter Rat. Holy crap. That was really, really <laughs> hilarious uh, for okay. many reasons. 
I don't remember what you're talking about. Fast oh, forward. dude, that's when like uh, Evil Lynn and Skeletor were. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get there. Like, so I watched it last night, <laughs> and uh, I was watching it. Then Andrea came in, and you know, usually if I'm watching something dumb like this, I'll switch it over so you know we can watch something we both like. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's got like 10 minutes. Do you mind if I just finish it up here so I could get ready for tonight, right? right and of yeah. course, it has to be the freaking evil and <laughs> seducing Skeletor and like straddling his crotch and everything. And it was really kind of embarrassing. I'm like, I assure right. you, this cartoon has not been this way. And she's <laughs> like, uh-huh. And I was like, this is kind of ridiculous. But I was so glad she was there because her commentary was amazing. Because, like, when they were kissing, she's like, how can you kiss somebody if they don't have lips? And I was right. like, that's perfect. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and I was just cracking up, like, the whole idea of, like, of course that is the one thing that would get Skeletor to, like, relinquish the sort of power this thing yeah. that he has been fighting for, in theory, for 42 years, he gives it up because he just can't handle Evil Lynn in that bat costume. He it cracks me up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's totally like... Yeah, one of the uh, kind of running pots of Skeletor having the sword is the contrast that He-Man would relinquish his power back to Eternia... And he would just be Prince Adam again. Well, Skeletor would never do that. Right. And so Evelyn says, well, you know, if you do that, we can make Whoopi. And, like, immediately he goes... Because 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 if you were in that moment, you would kill me. And right. He's like, and he's... Uh, well, I was going to say a blue-blooded man, but of course he would be because he is blue entirely. Yep. And it's like he gives up the power immediately... And then um, there's all the like the one liners about like, do you get the point or that's not the point? I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was a thing to see the seduction game there and then hear the innuendo that followed. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was, a, I don't know, it took me a little bit out of it, but at the same time, I'm, glad it happened just because it was like what a weird thing that well, i this... feel like it's good writing because mm -hmm. in theory what other reason would there be for skeletor to give up the sword right Abs right absolutely none like he would never give up that sword at all like it just wouldn't happen right yeah yeah that's that's a great point that is a great point they're really <laughs> right. around that yeah, I could see the writers trying to think of, like, okay, how can we get this Skeletor uh, to give up the sword? Right, And then right. somebody somebody probably had the idea, but was embarrassed to say it, but then finally spoke up and said, evil in sweet booty is how he's going to give up that sword. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they're like, all right, we got to do it. Animate it. But then the whole thing with, okay, all right, how do you, what are your thoughts on the whole evil in beast man like thing because i really liked it in the first season like i thought it was cool but now it's like i still kind of like it but it also feels kind of weird i don't know 
See, I thought the first part did such a good job of setting it up. Like, right. I thought it was great. Like, the chemistry of their characters was really strong. It was really interesting that, like, all right, this whole time there was this underlining, th- underlying thing. And that's why Beastman, after taking all the verbal abuse from Skeletor, never left. Because he cared about it. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it really was like this brilliant thing that fleshed out a lot of kind of random details that connected a lot of dots, Um, which, again, great writing to just kind of find that as like a catch all solution to like all these different things. And it made even Lynn sympathetic It made Beastman sympathetic because they both care about each other. And then when Skeletor came back, I thought it was very underdeveloped. And I didn't like how Beast sort of like rolled over, you know, like, okay, well, and I didn't like that. They didn't well, really I mean, show- being a beast, man. I mean, he's got to roll over. I mean, that's like a cultural thing for him. Wouldn't it like, <laughs> right. Like I didn't like that. He didn't kind of stand up. I guess ta- they showed like what they had that scene in episode two or three of him talking to evil Lynn, right kind of saying like before skeletor came back and he never really left you you know you're the one with all the power um i wish they would have developed the emotional connection between them more yeah and I, I i mean i guess they'll get there like it's just uh i don't know it, i think it's cool but i feel like i still like it all right um, <clears throat> but like, I feel like it's edging into territory where it could be kind of annoying. Like, you know, like, all right, you know, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that like, maybe when it's over, somebody could do a, a video montage of their scenes together with uh, the song by the cars, my best friend's girl. <laughs> just just have beast fans singing it about evil in the whole time through yeah yeah oh man um oh okay i'm with you i'm with you it, it this might yeah, have a show yeah it's it's a, yeah that's a good way of describing it i think that's a neat way of just like why didn't he just leave all if he's still staying around because he likes evil in you know he doesn't want her i think it it is weird like I was thinking about, like, the tone they were taking with the whole, like, how he treats her and everything. It could be, like, a prolonged, like, in this season's episodes, we looked at what abusive relationships look like. Evil Lynn, yeah. you know, because it's, like, yeah, it's dark thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's episode, King Randor and Queen, Queen, what's her name? I can't remember. Oh my gosh, I can't either. We're, you know, their marriage drifted crap, apart right? from each other because they stopped communicating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe these are like lessons that, like, you know, the adults need to start here. Like, communication is key to a healthy marriage. King Randor wasn't communicating well. Oh, shit. No, yeah. <laughs> like, this is what verbal and emotional abuse looks like. And hey, this is gaslighting kids. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> And it's only it is only the bad guys doing it. So, yeah, but. man, freaking heck, when they went into her uh, storyline about how she had to run away from her parents because they were going to eat her. Right. That, that was effed up. <laughs> I was like, yeah. holy <laughs> crap. Like, 
they are really making sure I can't really watch this with my kids that much. Like, what does that mean? Well, her parents were going to eat her. What are they doing? Well, she's seducing him to get what she wants. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so I will say the fact that they mentioned that her parents were going to eat her. Do they reveal what happened to the parents after that? No, they don't. Because if they don't say, I killed them, or that Skeletor got rid of them or something, I wouldn't be surprised if we meet them down the road if this show stays on. Whoa, that would be cool. Maybe they just found another kid and ate them instead. I mean, like, yeah, that's such a dark thing, you know, and she she almost defended them, you know, like, you know, you know, like they had nothing to eat, so they were going to eat me. And, you know, she's saying a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Like (coughs) tone of her voice is almost sort of like, well, what else can you do? You know? Yeah. Which would be, again, that whole like (laughs) having sympathy for monstrous people that might explained a bit how she got wrapped up with Skeletor, too. Yeah, and it's freaking cool that when he came through the portal, I don't know if you caught this, but he was wearing uh, the Hordak emblem, the Horde emblem on his belt. Did you catch that? Skeletor was? Yeah. No. It was freaking, yeah, I spotted it, like, right away. I was like, holy crap, that is the Horde emblem, and that's freaking cool because that opens the door of like, okay, is Hordak going to be a part of this at any point? Because if he does, mm-hmm. that would be freaking cool. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. your kindergarten costume man. Was oh yeah, yeah, funny. that's it. Yeah, stupid <laughs> Jason Burkle called me Shira the whole point. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah hey. it was kind of cool. Like I thought. I mean, like the first the first episode in this this chunk was so freaking cool and like just out of the gate. I mean, we haven't even talked about Skeletor stabbing the sorceress all the way through. Right. Yeah. Like, like I like her. Yeah. Up and he just like kills her <sighs> right in front of her hand at arms, her ex-husband oh, and dad. Yeah. And, yeah. And the whole, yeah. And evil Lynn like starts giving shit about it. And like, I thought her line about like, he's brittle without battle. I'm like, Oh man, this is good. Like, they they get the one liners in kind of like the old series, but they're they feel smarter than that. Yeah, but I don't they know. Do. I like. I thought like, I don't know. The next two episodes are pretty cool. Like you know, the gutter rat episode is neat because it sets. I'm sure it's setting up a lot uh, that will pay off later on because you finished the whole season, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because I haven't gone any further than than this, but um, I don't know. I just was kind of like, all right, cool. I don't really need to hear about King Randor's marital problems. Like, let's get back to Savage He-Man. You know what <laughs> I mean? But that's just me. You know, like, and I thought it was cool how they hit back into the whole, like, you know, when she said, uh, I even thought about going back to Earth. I'm like, that's cool because they're sharing that part of the storyline without doing a whole, like, she's really from Earth. You know, that, you know, that part. Because that came in in the 2000 series, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, wait, wait, wait. That's also in uh, the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special, I think. Is it really? Oh, Where she's cool. explaining Christmases, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man, God bless him. We gotta do a Christmas <laughs> episode. But they don't know about Christmas. One of the people are from Earth, yeah. 
Yeah, so right now the part I'm watching is when Skeletor is showing evil in the void of space. Yep. It's mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah, that was awesome. <sighs> Man. Because it feels like if she wasn't totally bad yet, this is the part that turns her totally evil. Yeah. 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 And, like, her goal is not to make everybody suffer. She wants the world to end. She wants to end suffering. Just sort of like, let's just be done with it. It's over. Yeah, yeah. We need to eliminate this whole place. Yeah, and that was a huge surprise when she got a hold of the sword and then she became imbued with the power. Like, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. (laughs) And again, that was a really interesting turn and in um, a wrestling episode some um, we'll we'll talk some about if they've earned a dramatic twist right this show really earned it because they spent like the first seven and a half episodes partly focused on the evil Lynn story she's like the second most important character in this arc after he-man or sorry after tila yeah and um so when it finally happens, it's like, okay, we've seen this character, how they were introduced, like we always knew them, how they changed when they went back, and then how it's unfolded since then with the good, but then the bad, and the realization that, you know, pain, life is nothing but endless, agonizing, free fall into death, devoid of any hope, is what she's saying right now on my screen. Yeah, yeah. Reason no plan. We are all of us utterly alone. And Skeletor like is hearing all this, and he's sort of like he throws her back in the castle. Like that, you and I started watching this at exactly the same moment because that is precisely <laughs> what has just happened on my screen. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you've had enough. Enough staring yeah. into the void. Yeah. Because like, and, and I think it's interesting because like, you know, because to him, it's just still kind of a game. Like, the whole thing is a game. He wants to kill Prince Adam. And that's it. Like, and she calls him out on it. Like, you have all of this power, and this is the only thing that you want to do with it. This is the only thing that you want. Yeah. And yeah, his, like, and yeah, here he's saying, she says, then what? And he says, then I will make him suffer, and he will fall at the knee, fall on his knees at the feet of Skeletor, and then he will die. Yeah. So and then this whole thing when he was talking about like the great conjunction, whatever it was. What part? I wrote it down. Oh, the celestial apex. I think that's a callback to the live action movie. I think that was a big deal, like in the live action that when he, you know, when Skeletor got his like funky gold armor. I could be wrong, but I that something struck me. It's like I think that's a callback to the live action, uh, and if so, that would be really cool. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and then uh, oh, here we're getting the hallway scene of Moss Man. Oh Maybe my God, that's wrong. He don't <laughs> treat you right. He don't <laughs> treat you like a like a. You don't treat you like, like a man. Treating a woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a mom, um, like a. So Skeletor just calls her a gutter rat, which is a yeah. reference 
when he first rescued her and yeah there's beast man you but know there's got to be there's got to be a reason why skeletor popped up at that precise moment that's what i was thinking is like is this kind of random that he would show up right then and there i mean there's got to be a long game like he had his eye on her or whatever right <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, that's and that's yeah. interesting. That's <clears throat> maybe that will get unpacked too. So yeah, this is the part where episode three of the second part, they're kind of going into geez, Evelyn's backstory, showing her parents with like the knives standing over this little kid who's yeah. crying when she runs out the door. Now she's um, all grown up. Yeah. Her salvation yeah, is so- in- Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, so when he when he pops up, watch for the, the Horde emblem on his belt. Okay. All right, cool. <clears throat> and it's interesting, this part here, that she had, like, a spark of magic to begin with. Because mm-hmm. um, she started to do something, but then it fizzled out. So, I mean, she was keenly aware... That she was able to do something because she's kind of surprised it's not working. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe that like use of magic um, attracted the attention of Skeletor. I was. <laughs> I was expecting him to pop up with like his human face on. See? Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting uh, him to be like, what was it Keldor? I think that was his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keldor. <clears throat> Is it Keldar? That's always the guess with He-Man. Is it Dor or Dar? Is it an Or? Dor, Dar, or Or. Any combination of those things would be good. If they wanted to have, like, an ultimate villain, they could have a a Dor. And that throne is cool, because that's, like, old-school throne. Yes. Think Mountain. Like, that's old, yeah. So if they wanted to have, like, an ultimate He-Man villain, it would be, like, Dor, Dar, Ator. Like... Just all together, put all the prefixes there. I don't know. I and Beastman's cool and all, but like, I don't. But this part here is what I didn't like, where he was like sharing with her, like, my people have a phrase, like gurgok, gurgok, like, be your own beast. I don't know what the hell he said. Like, like <laughs> right? It's like Beastman doesn't have a people. He's just supposed to be a random brute that doesn't quote things at opportune times like he's just supposed to be this shaggy doofus that is good for controlling monsters not like you know he definitely got him in this series like you know because normally he's like the goof that messes up a lot and right. in this case he's like this <clears throat> this is why Skeletor kept him around he is an effective warrior <laughs> yeah yeah and it not was a, it, super cool in the first part how he was like hanging with man at arms, like you know the villain, you know the enemies were together because they had to be because everything had fallen apart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it um, <laughs> it's see they're playing Christmas music on a few of the stations around our city right now. It's not unlike the uh, Snoopy and Red Baron song, right? Oh my gosh! Yeah. All their time fighting, but then you know, at, at Christmas of that song, this one's sort of like, well, 
we're all kind of screwed right now. So let's just. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, it's cool. I mean, Evil Lynn goes nuts. Her cape is super cool. Uh, mm-hmm. It was funny because this part here, Teal is talking with Adam and uh, Andrea was cracking on Tila's arms. And then as soon as Evil Lynn showed up, all hulked out in her powerful thing. Yeah. I wrote down a direct quote. This is what Andrea said. She's like, I don't know why they're putting female heads on male bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my good point. Good point. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, Tila here looking very Linda Hamilton. Like she looks like she could kick somebody's butt right now. Yeah. Oh, here comes the NC-17 Skeletor Evil Lynn action. This is it's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, please, of all parts, I don't want my wife thinking I'm watching some pervy, nostalgia cartoons. It's like, it has not been like this. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it cracks me up. Yeah, He-Man becomes yeah. Game of Thrones all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Well, I mean, yeah, and her voice actor was in Game of Thrones, so it would work. No, I there you go. it was cool how they had, like, the giant glowing H on his on his chest. That's reminiscent of the He-Man H on his armor. I think that was cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it cracks me up. Yeah, he looks at her, he looks at the sword, and he's like, yeah, screw it. That's hilarious. I didn't catch that part. Like, he looks her up and down, drops the sword, back to his regular doofus self, and now he's like... Yeah. You know, and I, in, in respect to the, the, the writers for... It would have been so easy for them to be like, throw in a boner joke or something right. like that. But like, yeah. They got the soft filters on her. Yeah, she's all backlit. Cracks yeah, they do. <laughs> they do the right there. Oh, man. And there's Straddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the, the kiss of no lips, which is mm-hmm. an interesting point. I mean, she's just like rubbing her tongue over bare skull teeth. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> these and this is where she takes the sword and And this is like fucking skeletor like i love him but like he's such a jackass like he dude come on you had the freaking sword of power (laughs) and he's immediately back to like sniveling idiot skeletor oh my gosh (laughs) just unbelievable and yet totally believable right yeah totally believable and uh so freaking cool when she starts nuking paternia oh my in my notes my notes was moss man gets fucked times two like it just cracked me up like (laughs) moss man is just like getting nuked left and right like gets burnt up goes to heaven gets burnt up in heaven like must have had i don't know i don't know what the what the motive is of making it so plain that moss man will just never ever have a happy existence like was there some sort of like traumatic uh you know the writers just hated moss man (laughs) yeah either they hated moss man or they really loved him 
and that was the figure they did not get for Christmas. So now they're just burning them up every step of the way. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool looking. Like, yeah. she's got like that cool like eye makeup of a 1980s villainous. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, the giant muscles, the uh, yeah. kind of rock set style yeah, of he, hair. Yeah, he <laughs> like gets out of there really fast. Her, yeah. her blackened tiara tiara looks maybe kind of like the one the chick was wearing in the live action movie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so um, so yeah i'm interested to see where it goes from here because i mean if her whole thing is you guys are living your lives for you know a reward later on oh man i didn't even notice that part where like the mer people see her and she's like announcing it to everybody yeah so, yeah, I'll be interested to see where it goes from here. Like, I mean, she kills off heaven. Yes. Uh, so they're, like, showing them just nothing matters. Do whatever you want. So what then? You know what I mean? Like, are all these people just permanently screwed? Like, no more heaven? Or, you know, yeah. does she turn evil? Or does she just be like, whatever, I've got the power now. You guys do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the dinosaurs getting nuked again. That's sad. It's just laughing at Moss Man getting nuked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There he's growing some flowers. He's looking at the blast. He closes his eyes. Fucked again. It's amazing. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I, I. So I'm gonna make a prediction because I haven't seen all this. Okay. Uh, and I could be totally wrong. I think they're going to do something of bringing Orko back, and that's going to get to Evil Lynn, and that's uh, going to help her change her ways of realizing okay. that she shouldn't just slaughter everybody. That would she, be she, she, she had that tender moment of Orko, you know. <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, one of the kind of best little, like, quiet parts of the first five episodes. Yeah. They're both magicians, so they're kind of or sorcerers, I guess. So they're talking, and Arco says, can I ask you a question? I've always wondered, and she said, I wasn't born with the name Evil. And he said, like, okay. And that's what he wanted to know. Like, oh, that's name. cool. Yeah, I forgot about that part. I remember them talking, but I forgot about that, like, that part. And it is cool, yeah. like, Tila, like, well, maybe another sorceress can fight her, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's cool that they're going to bring in, they brought in Skeletor. And again, his whole thing's like, well, are you going to invite me in or what? Like, yeah, you know the enemy of my enemy. But like, what is yeah. he gonna do? Like, I, yeah, don't, I don't just know. Take... Oob, invite me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, so she's sorceress and the champion. I mean, and you know he turned himself in. I mean, otherwise, how would they catch him that quick? I mean, right. would have portaled like straight there. So that's cool. Ah, all right. <clears throat> yeah. That's the end of the, the uh, third episode. Evelyn takes over ruling the castle. She tricks Skeletor, steals the power. Skeletor runs away and goes to the good guys, letting himself be captured so he could get an audience with Prince Adam and King Randor and yeah. Tila. And, and that's, that's, it. that's the... as far as I got. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So, so far, first three episodes, uh, what do you think? I love it. I think it's freaking great. Like, I'm still I'm still with it 100%. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's totally different. I mean, there is there is a part of me that I thought more when, like, uh, t- oh, shit, what's her name? Evelyn was uh, straddling up on Skeletor. I was slightly frustrated that part because I'm like, oh, shit, come on. I'm like, right. I, I, like, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think I said this before in our first one, like the whole, it's cool and everything. I think it's fun, but it would also be nice if they made it straight for kids so that way they could have a He Man. But then Netflix did do that weird mm-hmm. anime yeah, they, looking He Man. Have yeah. you watched any of that? Yeah, I watched a couple with my daughter. Yeah, she Is wanted to watch good? um i didn't love it but she liked it and she's okay that's cool then so because when i saw it i'm like oh that looks like trash but if she likes it then that's a win because like you know it's all cool that we're getting this stuff again right i think (coughs) excuse me i think it'd be cooler if the kids now could get there for the first time you know because kids now they're not going to watch the filmation he may have they're just not, right. like, uh, I mean, let's just call it what it is. The animation sucks. It was awesome yeah. for us, but, like, you know, the kids now, they're used to, like, higher quality-looking materials, so trying to show them anything like that is no good. So it's cool uh, that they have that updated version <laughs> for them then. Um, yeah. I still think it's great. I love it. Absolutely yeah, I love do. it. Yeah. And Zoe loves it. Like, she really likes the original He-Man. Um, she likes the original She-Ra, too. She still watches those, like, by choice. You know, she'll nice. suggest it. Yeah. Um, and I watched these episodes with her. We watched the first five. We watched the last five now, too. Um, I do remember being, like, when I was her age, like, my parents would watch, like, some drama shows in primetime, right? And sometimes I'd be downstairs playing with toys while they hung out. And in hindsight, I could realize, like, all this type of stuff went like way over my head, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking like, oh, it's like kissing stuff or something. And it would just be like stupid drunk stuff and I'd like move on, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't too worried about her. And it's just like it was funny, like before we started, I was uh late in bed. I always go to bed with her until she goes to sleep. And so I was doing that and I told her what we were gonna talk about tonight. So like, so what do you want me to tell like, do you have any ideas of what I could talk about with the new episodes of He-Man? And she rattled off, like, five or ten, like, no, probably five or seven things, like, right off the top of her head. And they were all cool, and she was really enthusiastic about it. It was like, you know that part where I I don't want to say everything, right? Oh, gotcha. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, sort of like, when He-Man became, like, the mega He-Man that was so cool looking and yeah yeah um yeah so yeah the other three or four things i'm thinking of right now i don't want to say yet but um yeah like she was really into it and she really crystallized a lot of it really well you know so yeah yeah it is one of these things like i would you know depending on the sensitivity of your child um maybe you watch with some reservation but my step again she loved it she thought it was great but she liked yeah, the first 
episodes too. <laughs> so. Yeah, I watched the first half of the the season. I guess this first the first part. With my yeah. daughters, but they didn't really. I mean, they're ten now. They're into their stuff. More. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, He Man became like the thing that their lame dad likes. So they kind of like, you know, jokingly roll their eyes at it. You know, that type of thing. It's like whatever. But when they were watching it. Uh, they they recognize that Henry Rollins, they're like, he was a bad guy in Avatar. And I'm like, really? And I looked it up, and sure enough, he was, like, one of the main villains in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. No, no, sorry. Uh, the Legend of Korra, which is the sequel to Avatar Last Airbender. Uh, so they thought that was cool. But, yeah, they haven't really said much about wanting to watch this at all. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. Man, sidebar about Henry Rollins, he has a video on a website. Really interesting, really fun video if anybody wants to look it up on YouTube. What's it, yeah, what's it's, it again? It, the channel is Big Think. Okay, and it's just cool. really, okay, Bill. So episodes one through eight total, first five, and then the next three. Yeah. I would give it an A. I, I really loved it. What about you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's. With all of the stuff, I think it would have been too easy and they would have made a lot of people happy if they just made a reboot of the old show where it's Skeletor and He-Man punching each other out. He-Man wins, Skeletor runs away, new episode. He-Man mm-hmm. and Skeletor fight each other, Skeletor runs away, new episode. Like That would have been really good, easy serve fan service, 100%. They could have animated everything the same and just did it that and it or do a reboot and just like rehash the same freaking story. But the fact that they're picking up, they decided to pick up where things left off and change it up as much as they had, because now it's it reminds me of like this thing I was reading or whatever, like a while ago when Walking Dead was really big. And it was one of the show writers was talking about their challenge of staying true to the content of the comic books, but wanting to change it up so fans of the comic books would sit there for every episode and be like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. You you know, and just sit there and be like, oh, I read this comic. I know exactly what's going to happen. So, like, yeah, they they run the risk of alienating people and being like, you changed what was in the comic. You suck. Like... But I res- and I used to be that way, like especially when the Marvel movies started coming out, like the X Men movies, like they didn't do it exactly yeah. like it was in the comic. But I get it now because that's already been done already. Like if it's going to be something new, let it be something new. And I like that I have however many episodes are left, and I have no idea what's going to happen right now because I have okay. never seen a He Man that it went from Skeletor having the sword. To now Evil Lynn having the sword. And it makes perfect sense because Skeletor kind of sucks. It makes sense that he would lose the sword that quickly. He didn't even have it for like a full 24 hours. Yeah. And he gave it up to get some booty. Like that's like. It makes perfect sense. So I'm excited that they've done things that I've never seen. Like Primal Rage, He-Man and Zombies. And yes. now I have no idea what's going to happen because Evil Lens never had the sword before. Um, I heard this quote one time that said, like, if you're going to kind of do something similar, like, say, a cover. This was actually about a TV show that was incredibly similar to another. I said, um, if you're going to 
be in the same marketplace. You gotta be better. You can either be better, worse, or different. Switch it up and, a bit. Like, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this series, like you said, this is unexplored terrain, so it's a lot of fun right now. Hell yeah. All right, dude, awesome. anything else you can touch on before we wrap it? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. I My voice held out to the end up to this point, so I'm good. <laughs> All right, man, I hope... <sighs> Poor Bill is a rock star. He's been sick the last few days. Dude. Um, no, this was good. Yeah, I mean, He-Man became, like, the thing that their lame dad likes, so they kind of, like, you know, jokingly roll their eyes at it, you know, that type of thing. It's like, whatever. But when they were watching it, uh, they, they recognized that Henry Rollins, they're like, he was a bad guy in Avatar. And I'm like, really? And I looked it up, and sure enough, he was, like, one of the main villains in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. No, no, sorry. Uh, the Legend of Korra which is the sequel to Avatar Last Airbender. Uh, so they thought that was cool. But yeah, they haven't really said much about wanting to watch this at all. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, sidebar about Henry Rollins. He has a video on a <coughs> website, I think. Really interesting, really fun video, if anybody wants to look it up on YouTube. Yeah. What's it, yeah, what's it's, it again? It, the channel is Big Think. Okay, and it's just cool. really like, people giving out like little speeches or ideas and he talks about his life and never say no and um and that's kind of it like you know he said like the unique thing about me is i got to be the singer of with my favorite band that was kind of the weird thing that happened to me but everything else is just saying yes and his whole thing about like kind of doing all this acting and poetry readings and you know spoken word stuff and like doing the band and touring 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 is he before any of that like he when he got his break he was working at an ice cream store and right like yeah he was like managing or no i don't even think was the manager but he was like just working at this ice cream store and And they came back like 10 minutes later said okay you're in i said what do you mean they said you're the singer in black flag i said so what do i do they go you quit your job you pack your gear you meet us on the road Here's the, here's the tour itinerary. Here's the lyrics. We'll see you soon. So, fairly numb, I went back down to Washington with this passel of lyrics in my hand. Went to my boss and said, uh, I'm not exactly quitting, but here's this thing that happened. And he said, it's your shot. I said, yeah. He said, take it. And that was uh, late July 1981, about 30-some years ago. And that's what happened to me. I won the lottery. And I was in this band, Black Flag, for years, made a lot of records, played a lot of shows, learned a lot, started writing, started a publishing company in that time. 
and in the 80s, Hollywood directors started coming to me like, you're crazy. Can you act? I'm like, yeah, I'm starving. Can you pay? I mean, I'm looking for work. And never forgetting what I have to go back to. Eight dollars, you know, Hagen does. So I said yes to every acting job, yes to every audition. Worked on my little publishing company. Started doing poetry readings and speaking dates in the 90s. Want to do a voiceover? Yeah. And so I said yes to everything. Worked like a crazy man, realizing guys like me fail most of the time. So I was around a lot of great bands, and rarely did they get over the wall. People much more talented than I'll ever be. I don't have talent. I have tenacity. You know, I have discipline. I have focus. And I know without any illusion where I come from and what I can go back to. And that's why I said a while ago, in the 80s, I saw what was happening with money. I was watching it shift very quickly. I was watching the middle class go away. And I was a 23-year-old maniac, but I got it. And that's when I realized, you better get plan B, C, D, E, F, and G. Otherwise, you're going to starve to death in the America. The America is not a place you live in. It's a video game that you, that you survive. You know, I'm, I'm not only an American, I'm an Americanist. I survive America in spite of what it wants to do to people like me. And so through saying yes to everything, realizing people like me have to write it three times and other people have to write it once, that I have to show up early because I'll probably get lost on the way to the location, and that I should probably watch, shut up, and learn rather than shoot my mouth off. I am where I am right now, which is a vastly different position than I was 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. So it is basically a story of a lot of luck, but taking advantage of opportunity, working really damn hard, knowing there was no choice for me but to work really hard. And that's it. And that's not a unique story. What was unique is I got to be in my favorite band. Like they came to me and said, hey, we're auditioning people. I was like, because had they not plucked me out of Washington, D.C., a great town, what would have happened to me? Uh, probably would have gone to work for my friend's record store, which would have eventually folded, which it, you know, it went away. And then what, what I would have done, I don't know, you know, the America would have happened to me. And so I got a lucky break, but at least I did something with it. The repeating factors of my life have been application, discipline, focus, repetition. You know, a gig, a gig, a gig. What are you doing tomorrow? Eight o'clock on stage. We're doing the night after. I'll be on stage. What about two months from now? I'll be still on that same tour because I manage myself. I know where I'm going. I might not finish it. I might not survive it, but I'm the one booking it.